Did you know that you can add 97 points to your credit score even though you might not know how to do it? Well, I have the solution for you. It's ScoreMaster, and it's the new credit science that super boosts your credit score. Forget raising your credit score a few points. The average ScoreMaster user raises their credit score 61 points in just 20 days or less. I follow my credit score all the time. That is unheard of. Say your credit score was in the high 500s to mid 600s when you bought that new car. Well, if you'd gone to ScoreMaster first and raised your credit score just the average 61 points our listeners get, you could have saved nine grand on your car loan. And if you own a business, you know how essential great credit is. From getting a loan to funding projects to financing equipment, go to ScoreMaster first and see how super boosting your credit score can save you a fortune. ScoreMaster puts you in control of your finances, not the banks. Enroll in minutes and see how many plus points ScoreMaster can add to your credit score. Visit scoremaster.com slash offer. Scoremaster.com slash offer. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. All audible. Standing up and speaking out, here's Hal Sparks. Welcome to the show, everybody. I think we're up and running now. We were worried about for, you know, a moment, a moment. It was an audio technical glitch, but I think we're all right. I think we're, we're, we're rolling. We're, everything seems to be firing on all cylinders now, you know, and it's probably my fault. I'll tell you why. I know exactly why it's my fault. Um, it is precisely because I wanted to start the show off with some good news, and it completely fried the uh, the the basic atomic structure of our current reality. That's what happened. Because I started the show by literally saying, maybe, maybe, just maybe, we should uh, start off with some good news. Um, Chris Christie is out of the hospital after a week of heavy-duty treatment. Um, we no word on whether his treatment was largely preventative or whether he was really having major symptoms or what his recovery will be like. They're keeping that fairly close to the chest, but he has been released from the hospital after a week, uh, and a day, um, since he checked himself in the, and the Armenians and Azerbaijan have uh, declared a temporary ceasefire. So, you know, I mean, there is out there in the threads of the universe, there are some things that are, you know, writing themselves, at least in, a, in an attempt to try and have some sort of, uh, I guess, uh, stability in the universe. That said, though... Um, the, the chaos agent in the White House is hell-bent, quite literally, um, on furthering the, the damage caused by the initial super spreader event at the White House and, the, um, and quite frankly, all the other environmental uh, super spreader events that they created as a ripple effect of that initial one, or at least... The, you know, a couple of the initial ones, it's hard to keep track of in some ways the how how immensely frightening the uh, the the total lack of care that the White House and the Trump administration have put into mitigating the damage potential to other human beings due to their actions. Now, there is there is a certain amount of. Uh, America freedom cowboy 
I suppose uh, that a lot of these folks carry around in their head under the diluted impression that somehow that makes them tough, them strong. You know, they'll just weather it, you know, which uh, on an individual level uh, would be commendable if this were not a contagious disease. Um, A lot of these folks are talking about um, the COVID-19 specifically, or or quite frankly, even the flu or a combination during the the fall and winter that we are heading into as uh, in the same way that some people would talk about cancer, that it is uh, it, it is either unavoidable as a permanent threat to your life that you will eventually get hit with. And all you can do is fight through it, warrior up, survive it. Um, or it will never happen to you. But the idea that you could get, you know, the one thing about cancer is you're not, it's not contagious. You're not giving cancer to other people in your house, people at your work, people on the bus, people at the airport, which make it very different from this disease. So all the machismo in the world will not change the fact that you very well may bring about the death of another human being because you believe in some sort of it. Well, I don't even quite know how to even describe their version of freedom. We've had this week where the governor of Michigan had to come out on television and explain a plot to kidnap and murder her by a bunch of um, amosexual LARPing goobers from the sticks I, I, I will I refuse to call them militias on this show because a, a well-regulated militia or someone with a purpose of a militia actually has a, you know, at least theoretically in a kind of 1772 kind of an energy uh, might have a purpose to it. Whereas these folks are quite fang- frankly, I think the description used most frequently is vanilla ISIS. They are um, effectively well-armed uh, stunted adults who are throwing a tantrum, a murderous tantrum. That's what that is. The, the plot to, to cap, to, to kidnap and murder a duly elected governor of a state in the country is, is a tantrum from these folks. They, and again, understand what we're talking about. And this goes to the whole mask thing. Let's start with this right away. Everybody, um, between now and the end of the year, and probably to the end of February, let's stretch it to February, just so you have a real locked kind of an idea. Um, Wear a mask when you go out, when you go out in public. Even if you think you can socially distance, you might come in proximity to somebody else within three or four feet. And there are a couple of positive reasons. One is you might be an asymptomatic carrier and you don't know And you may have tested before, but in between the test and the results, you may have gotten it from somebody else who's just as uh, loose with the rules as you are. And out of general respect for your fellow human beings in this, your fellow Americans, wear a mask. Wear one that says Trump 2020. I don't care. Wear a mask. If that's your thing, the idea that somehow you are proving that you are, you know, that you're fighting for freedom by not wearing a mask is insanity. 
It is. I mean, there is no other way to describe it. You're insane. You've been watching too many bizarre uh, QAnon YouTube videos or um, going down anti-vaxxer rabbit holes or something. But you're a crazy person. Wear a mask. And the biggest part, and this is the standout. We got to take a break. But uh, and when we come back, I want to tell you that um, Trump is planning a another super spreader event at the White House today. When on the, on a day, by the way, that we know he caught more than he more than likely caught his case of COVID, and a lot of other people did too at the White House. And it took the greatest medical team on earth that supports the president of the United States to make sure that he didn't slip into a coma and cough up a lung on Laura Ingram. Um, But understand this, what these people wanted to kidnap the governor of Michigan for and what they are storming Capitol buildings with long guns, threatening death upon public officials and asserting that, uh, that their rights are being usurped, what they're yelling about in that, is a temporary restriction put in place to stop a pandemic that is that has killed 215,000 Americans. Temporary. This is not we're not these people are not storming capitals to stop a change in the in the Constitution of the United States, an amendment that passed that is now being enforced. This is not where they're, you know, they're taking your guns. This is not a situation where the law has been changed and all of a sudden the America they know, they no longer recognize and it is a permanent constitutional change that will last forever. We have ratified a situation where the Second Amendment is ended or there will be no more flags displayed on American grounds because they are seen as colonial, like that kind of stuff. We're not, that's not any of what this is. These idiots have decided that the temporary restriction on on their lives to prevent the spread of a disease that may very well kill them, their loved ones, their parents, their children, um, and even, quite frankly, if you had any morals at all, your enemies who don't deserve to die, you just have a bone to pick with them. That's what they're threatening to kidnap the governor over. This is not, this is not even the Koresh or Jim Jones level where they think somehow that Christ is coming back or that they've been, you know, running guns and a, a small pedophile ring in, in Waco and the feds are coming for them. And so they decide to fight back. This is because they don't want to distance themselves and wear a mask when going to get food at the store. For a few months during their life, their entire life, just to save their fellow Americans. That's why they want to kidnap the governor of Michigan. Because life has been upended by a disease for 10 months. None of them stormed the capitals uh, when, you know, when people suggested condoms. But there you go. Um, I guess you couldn't check when you went into Denny's. So we'll be back right after this. This is Doris Davenport, host of the Doris Davenport Show, all local, all the time. Now let's get back to Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Yeah, let's. Doris is on. Uh, is she on every day these days, or just on Saturdays? I'm. I need to know. That's right. So she's on Saturday, seven o'clock, early, right before my show. That's what I thought. 
um, and she's fantastic and a great source for local Chicago uh, political news and information, um, as is Dick Kay, who follows us every day. I'm the uh, the inverse carpetbagger, the uh, displaced Chicagoan who misses the city dearly and uh, wishes well on everyone in the city right now. Uh, you know, and as we weather this whole craziness, entering into an election season, a possible surge in the flu virus. Um, obviously we are never, we have never left the first wave of COVID as cases are now continuing to spike. I would simply say to friend and political opponent alike, please wear a mask, wash your hands, practice social distancing, um, avoid large gatherings. If you have symptoms or you feel ill, do not go out in public and get tested. If you think you might've had exposure, whether you have symptoms or not. Now, these might seem like crazy commie ideas to some of you folks out there, but they're actually the CDC guidelines and the establishment of a government is is the purpose of this whole endeavor. And our trust in elements of that government to kind of operate regardless of how we see, you know, how we feel politically are kind of crucial, especially the part where, you know, it deals with science. And I, you know, there's a ton, I mean, there's a lot to unpack today. And I'm certain that whatever I say and th- the news of today that we've been dealing with will, it won't matter in about three hours because Donald Trump is going to have a rally at the White House, you know, uh, as I call it, um, Operation Hatch Act 2. And over the course of having that, that rally, whatever it is, he'll say six or seven things that are completely insane. I don't think he'll F-bomb like he did on Rush Limbaugh, where it was funny because I saw a bunch of people going, you know, that had heard the actual unedited clip on the, on, that had been put up on Re- Rush's website, um, going, they edited it out later. No, they had a dump button. We've used ours on this show a couple times uh, over our history. We hope not to use one. Johnny and I have come close to having it used on us uh, in the last few months because of all the craziness. Um, and that said, uh, for all the, you know, wailing and gnashing of teeth that went with uh, people freaking out that he'd actually done it to Trump's followers and supporters, it's another sign that he's macho because he can F-bomb on the radio. Now, not, never never mind the fact that one of the things that I, I think signifies adulthood is impulse control and the ability to um, hold back when you want to express yourself. If you know it, you, you will do it in an um, inarticulate or inappropriate way and for the environment. S- say, like when children are listening versus when you uh, are in your own home. So there's a lot to that. So, um, and I'm, I'm not one to shy away from uh, saucy language, as it were, but the the... I think most of us are struck by the hypocrisy of it. And speaking of hypocrisy, one of the main stories comes out this week that Trump's uh, use of the the drug REGN-CoV-2, which is the name of the drug that he used, the treatment, the monoclonal antibody treatment that he had that gives him about two to five months um, of antibodies in theory to protect him from the virus and keep him from getting it again or his symptoms from expanding during that time. Now, the problem with this treatment that he just got, which he calls Regeneron, which is the name of the company, 
And he said it's very similar to something that uh, Eli, um, that Lily has. And then I think it was Tucker Carlson who called it Eli Whitney. Um, those, the, they're very similar treatment, um, come from research using the tissue of aborted fetuses. That um, children that are, you know, at any point during the process, usually therapeutic abortions, meaning, meaning the child itself would never survive, born without a heart, born without lungs, eyes, a brain, um, you know, the, the, it is deformed or malformed to such an extent that it will not survive. And so a therapeutic abortion happens. Those, uh, some of those tissues are used for scientific experiments. Um, and what they do is they uh, basically put them in a Petri dish. This is the layman's version of it. And they drip in some of a sample of whatever they're trying to test. And if those cells are harmed, killed by the pH balance of the uh, the uh, substance you're using, the treatment, whatever it is, um, or they have any other other kind of instantly toxic ancillary effects. Um, and this isn't even the stuff that it's developed using, uh, you know, those cells. This is, you know, they, yes, they put in a culture dish and see if they survive. Um, so anyways, that, this was an, an integral part of the development of not only this drug, but all the drugs before it that led up to this invention. So you can't remove it from any link in the chain and go, maybe, you know, maybe there's a vegan version of this one, as it were, um, because there is no this entire chain of, of medical advancement comes from that. Um, which is a, a, you could have a, you know, a moral quandary about it. You can, you can go back and forth about what you think uh, the ethics of that are. And it's worth having an argument about probably the irony though, is that the vast majority of Trump's dead ender supporters right now are there to get Amy Coney Barrett on the, on the judiciary, on the SCOTUS, so that she will end Roe v. Wade and therefore uh, end abortion because they believe it to be uh, morally um, a, a, a deadly sin and, and wrong and should be illegal and, and they believe it's murder. Um, that does not seem to jibe with their support of this president using a treatment and calling him godlike in their descriptions of this man. Um, when that's the treatment that saved him in theory from his, from his opinion. So, I mean, there's obviously a lot going, there's, there is, that is a Gordian knot of moral and ethical conversation that I think, um, normal people in normal situations could sit around their living room, having a real conversation about what what level they're comfortable with and what limitations on abortion, if any, there should be is a conversation people can have morally and ethically, especially if you're religious, because you believe that in theory that the punishment of life is left up to God in the afterlife. And therefore, you should not judge anyone else's life in your time, you know, uh, on Earth and certainly not take a life that is vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I think is one of the key phrases in that faith. So it's kind of crucial that uh, they kind of stay out of it. But it's ironic, the dichotomy. And they, and for whatever reason, they do not seem to mix and match those thoughts at all. 
they either straight out reject the idea that it's even true, which it's me- it is measurably true. You can go look. You could ask everyone involved. The president would have to admit it at some point, although he, yeah, well, he wouldn't have to do anything it's, as far as what he talks about. Um, but Trump is about to have another gathering, much like the Amy Coney Barrett gathering, which uh, may or may not have led to an outbreak at her children's school because her first act of judgment as SCOTUS, arguably, was attending a super spreader event at the White House at the invitation of the president, where most of the people, like 97 percent, did not wear masks, had been to multiple places, had spread the and ended up spreading the disease through multiple people, several of whom ended up in the hospital, including the president himself. And it spread to her children's school. Um, You know, can we directly tie it? No. But anecdotally, yeah. Did uh, the nine people ended up after um, Trump had his Minnesota rally two weeks later, nine people get sick from it and two of them uh, went to the hospital and one of them still in the ICU. Is it the only place they could have caught it? No. Did they all attend the rally? Yeah. Who else did they infect and spread it to? Because the issue in this group of nine isn't the one that ended up in the ICU or even the other one that ended up in the hospital for a short time. It's the other seven who walked around asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic, not believing that, the, you know, that it's a threat, believing the president's stories and spreading it around the community. Not caring whether they, they kill their fellow Americans. People refusing to wear masks out of a political support for this president are killing more Americans than ISIS could ever dream. We'll be back right after this. Chris, you know what I hate? What? I haven't been able to go on vacation. I haven't left the house. So I've been on my social media and I'm seeing all these pictures from like the past come up. And I realized, oh, my God, I look tired. Like there's wrinkles under my eyes. I've got bags under my eyes. Uh Uh-huh, those crow's feet. I know. Oh, I like my laugh lines, so I'll leave those. But the bags under my eyes, Ugh. no Magusta. No. Nuh-uh. No. And as the pandemic, hopefully we get this fixed and we can leave the house again. I'd look like to look a little better from a public. From a public, that's why I got Plexiderm. Now, Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags, all in the comfort of your home, which is great because we still can't leave it. That's right. Plexiderm goes on clear and lasts for hours, so nobody's going to know you're wearing it. It, I really do love this. It works in minutes. You can look just 10 years younger in minutes. The results will blow you away. So get Plexiderm and love how you look and feel this summer and in this fall and this winter. And you know what? Even when you have that mask on, it's your eyes that are smizing. We're smizing at people. (laughs) And you want to make sure your eyes look young, 10 years younger, while we smize at people. (laughs) So go to try... Go to TriPlexiderm.com and use my code VOICES for half off of a full-size bottle of Plexiderm. Plus, you're going to get additional $10 off. Or you can try $14.95 trial pack, which I actually love, today by calling 1-800-685-1292 and just mention code VOICES. Again, visit TriPlexiderm.com and use code VOICES for a half off a full-size bottle plus an additional $10 off. Or you can try the $14.95 trial pack, whatever you would like. Just go in now and use code VOICES and get some Plexiderm. Go do it. 
Now let's get back with Pal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Doug Schultz, a uh, Minnesota Department of Health uh, spokesperson, said in an email that the department cannot say definitively that the infections were acquired at Trump's rally due to widespread community transmission of the disease, only that they attended the rally during the same time that they were likely to have been exposed to the virus that made them ill 14 days prior to the illness onset. Um, um, And at least one of those people was likely infectious while at the rally. Two other people who contracted the virus reported attending a protest in response to the rally. So that should uh, tell you guys something. When when you're thing, if you want to protest Trump, do it from home. Do it by voting, because standing outside of his rallies and holding signs isn't convincing any of those folks. They it, it makes them feel like they're doing the right thing, and you're exposing yourself to a pathogen because that these folks do not take seriously at all. Um, one of the uh, you know one of the stories I think a lot of us focused on when when Trump initially got his diagnosis and he's increasingly sounded fairly terrible during the last week. Um, They've released multiple videos from the White House, all of which he's wearing the exact same clothes he was wearing the day before. Uh, One that's clearly on a green screen attempting to make it look like the Trump that Trump is standing way out on the edge of the South Lawn for no particular reason. And the slope of the, I mean, to get all, you know, Zabruder film about it or, you know, picking apart Oswald photographs. But the the yard slopes far too much. It looks like someone grabbed a picture off of, you know, off the Getty images and didn't realize that he, where he's standing. It looks like his, you know, he's buried in the yard up to his ankles. Right. So um, this is. As the, you know, as the president kind of pushes this um, idea that he's feeling much better and that he's ready and he's raring to go, which initially, I mean, I suppose to a good portion of people looks like uh, machismo to a lot of his supporters, looks like the hubris of a uh, of an old man attempting to appear virile in the wrong circumstance. And it's 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 quite disturbing because as uh, human to human, I would say to Donald Trump's family and to his physician, he needs to be resting. He needs to be hydrated. He needs oxygen every day. He's the president of the United States on top of this illness, which is. Um, unpredictable and has all kinds of ancillary secondary effects from strokes and, and thrombosis to, uh, you know, brain fog and kidney and liver, uh, you know, issues. Um, even in, in, in circumstances where he becomes possibly a long hauler, where he has bits where he feels okay and then it hits him again and then he feels okay and then it hits him again, those kind of things. That, that's a, a lot to carry along with being the president of the United States. And so it would seem that if the priority was to make sure that he was um, in his best condition to be the president of the United States, you would supplement that stress. You know, you would you would augment the the mechanism to protect him from that stress by making sure that this disease does not stack on top of that. 
And that's that's a that's a baseline concern, just as his doctor. Of course, these are the doctors who also told us that he's an inch taller than he is, uh, 20 to 30 pounds lighter than he is and isn't on any of the medications that we now know he's on. Um, one of which, by the way, is antacids, which speak to a, a crap diet that he has, but also um, that he that's and that's new. Interestingly enough, he's always been eating garbage, but all of a sudden, since his last medical, he's uh, suffering from acid reflux. This is stress. This is stress related. And if the folks around him, his family, his alleged friends um, actually care about his life, um, they would intervene in these areas. I do not expect that they will. And even if they did, I'm sure he would be a terrible patient and would push back against it and insist that he's uh, he's firing on all cylinders. But uh, according to New York magazine, uh, Trump was on the phone when he got his diagnosis and he was talking about dying Saturday, October 3rd, while his doctor had told the outside world that the president's symptoms were nothing to worry about, Trump cocooned in his suite at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland, was telling those close to him something very different. I could be one of the dyers, he said. The person on the other end of the line couldn't forget the unusual word the president used, dire, a seldom said dictionary standard. It was uh, classic Trumpism at once sinister and childlike. If being a loser was bad, being a dire was a lot worse. Losers can become winners again. Dyers are losers forever. But aren't we all dyers in the end? Donald Trump, the least self-reflective man in America, was contemplating his own mortality. And he said it again. I could be one of the dyers. Uh, The previous day at 12.54 a.m., he had announced that he and the first lady, Melania, had tested uh, positive for COVID-19 in an outbreak that would sideline dozens across the West Wing, East Wing, and the highest levels of federal government, the military ranks, Trump's 2020 campaign team, and prominent supporters in the religious community. I mean, understand how this barreled through. There's a story in the New York Post that got barely any traction at all. Top White House security official gravely ill with COVID-19 report, uh, report says, a A top White House security employee who's been hospitalized with coronavirus since September is in grave condition, a report said. Creed Bailey, who's in charge of the White House security office, contracted the virus before September 20, uh, before the September 26th Rose Garden event, where President Trump announced Amy Coney Barrett as his Supreme Court nominee, sources told Bloomberg. Over a dozen attendees at that ceremony have contracted the virus. Bailey is in in charge of credentialing visitors to the White House. He's the guy that people come to 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 get into the White House. He's a primary um, bottleneck in that process. He also works closely on the grounds of the Secret Service. The White House has not publicly acknowledged or commented on Bailey's diagnosis. It is one thing to attend a large gathering of people. And a bunch of those people get COVID-19, some of them hospitalized, um, some of them endangering extended family. And to drop the ball on on any kind of contact tracing in that for some either misguided, I guess there's two lanes of their misguided belief. One is they either think that those people don't care and it's not that big a deal. And they, you know, they're they're They believe in the quote unquote herd mentality at this point. 
or the other lane, which is they believe that since it was on camera, you can do your own contact tracing. You know, who, if you were around somebody that was at that thing. I mean, you don't if you don't watch all the news all the time and you just work near them or operate in the same office building as them. And the it hangs in like a cloud after they exhale for an hour in the hallway between the offices and the bathroom. But this is the White House not publicly acknowledging that a crucial White House security uh, member, of the, uh, um, a crucial member of the White House security personnel has tested positive, is gravely ill. And everyone who came through the process of entering the White House encountered this person. If they're not acknowledging this person, how many others are they not acknowledging? The number I've heard so far is 100 plus. White House staffers, uh, you know, assistants, other attendees, people that come over and go back and forth to the Capitol. Mitch McConnell has even stopped interacting physically with anybody from the president's team, including Mark Meadows. They are, you know, refusing to work with uh, Steve Mnuchin. A lot of this back and forth about whether or not there's, you know, the there's going to be another stimulus package and all that kind of stuff, which, of course, was upended this week by the president's fever dreams ends up, you know, being slowed down also by the fact that Steve Mnuchin is going back and forth to the White House. They have no protocols online. The president simply does not care if people get it or carry it. He figures if anybody dies from it, they just don't have good genes, even though without he even believes from his own quote that without this intervention, he would have died. And that's absolutely true. Trailer Park Donald Trump would have died in his home and would have been discovered later by his estranged family. But uh, fake billionaire um, President Donald Trump, who gets Walter Reed level medical service, survives this and then says, you know, don't let it dominate you. You can beat it. Don't be afraid of it. I got news for you. I'm not afraid of COVID-19. I don't live in fear of it. I take reasonable precautions against getting it myself and spreading it to other people. I don't compulsively clean surfaces with Lysol um, inside my own home that I've just touched a couple of moments ago. I, I have not devolved into some sort of mad king Howard Hughes. Most people have not. We go about our lives. We, we have to. We have to feed ourselves. We have to take care of our family. We have to um, you know, feed and educate our children. You, we're not living in clamoring fear of it. We just deal with it in a mature, adult, and intelligent way. The fact that the Trump crowd and Trump himself believe that that we believe it will dominate our lives or that we live in fear of it is a direct projection of these folks and speaks to why they can't go out wearing a mask or behaving normally because they are acting like people who panic. 
people who compose themselves and deal with a real threat. I mean, look at here's a great example. They'll like good cops. Good cops deal with crazy people and dangerous people and suspects who clearly are armed or have fentanyl in their car that if they smash a window will spray into the cop's face and or a body with a trunk or a, a, a body in the trunk or in a crawl space or a, they're interviewing a suspect that they know full well if they let them go to the bath- bathroom make, you know, during a loose early interview, may come back with a a weapon and just shoot the cops and do a standoff. And they still manage to conduct themselves in a professional way, not because they don't recognize the threat, but because they mitigate the recognition of that threat as adults, as capable human beings. You don't clamor with fear when you wear a mask or wash your hands or practice social distancing. You don't go, get back, get back, get back. You go, it's good to see you. Can't wait to hug you. I hope they figure this out. We'll get there. A few months away, all these hugs are going to feel so good. Donald Trump, though, says, get back. Get back. Stay away from me. Have you been tested? That's that quote that Biden made. And it's a direct quote. Because that's how Trump and his supporters look at this. They are freaking out. People who aren't afraid can wear a mask temporarily, go through this year and two months or however long this stretch is, know it as part of their history and the life that they lived through in the same way that the height of the AIDS epidemic changed the behavior of a generation. In the same way that the you know tuberculosis or polio or smallpox or malaria or the Spanish flu changed people's behaviors for a year or two until a cure was found or a, a, a therapeutic beg your pardon or, or a vaccine itself. You deal with it as an adult. You don't live in fear. You just recognize a legitimate threat. If you don't know how to swim, you're not really afraid of water. You just recognize You probably shouldn't get in too deep. You can wade, but don't go into the deep end. That's not fear. That's smart. That's what this is. We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. In the next hour, we're going to take calls. 773-763-9278 is our number. 773-763-9278. We'll be back right after this. This is Damian Perdue of Think Theory Radio, Saturdays at 6 p.m. You're listening to Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. One of the things that we've been experiencing, of course, is the gish gallop of the Trump presidency, that there are, uh, there are literally so many um, violations of the law and abject ethical failures that they kind of stack and you, you can't even keep track of all of them. And unpacking them after the fact... Um, will be you start to understand how some some city DAs and and other, uh, you know, legal groups, um, specifically like, you know, federal DAs or um, AGs. Find a suspect that's guilty of 30 murders 
and only end up trying them for eight because the the cost necessary to deal with all of them um, and the ultimate punishment. And you, when you know you have the evidence, but prosecuting that thing takes up all those resources and the person isn't going to once you've got five life sentences, there's no you're just beating a dead horse, as it were, or the person who did something to the horse. And so you start to understand why people start to pick your battles, you know, in, in those situations when you have limited resources. In this particular case, you know, that the Trump, both the Trump organization and the administration and the campaign all are equally criminal endeavors at this point. Um, we have been uptrending in in cases for the last 14 days, 12 percent. Um, there is a rise in a multitude of states, uh, states, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, Wyoming, Iowa, Idaho, Utah, Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas and Tennessee. All were the highest spread per capita. Now, you know, obviously per capita is crucial. And, you know, when you say per capita, there's many per capita. It's like per capita relative to what? Right. So. There is a uh, one of the changes that you have in these these less populated states. While it takes a while for their per capita rate to match up to the highly populous states, even simply because of the uh, the already in existence social distancing that goes on in just living in a state like North Dakota. But once it gets a lock on the town. Because everybody does interact, because small towns overlap so much, the danger and death rate, both from the disease itself and from the overwhelming of the uh, of the medical systems, the hospitals themselves, becomes greater than it does in big cities, which are used to the idea of, you know, cities like New York and San Francisco and Los Angeles and Seattle are are used to the idea, at least, that they could be the target of terrorist attacks or major industrial accidents or problems, uh, you know, that cause a cascading physical effect across a bunch of people that may require, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of people to get medical attention all at once on top of the regular numbers. All those cities, especially post 9-11, have systems in place just for that very thing, especially New York and Los Angeles. But, you know, pork knuckle Montana doesn't. And they have a situation where the, you know, the the mayor of the city, you know, might be a dog on rotation and the and the governor isn't doing mask mandates because freedom. Um, And even though their town is 20 miles from the Canadian border, you see the South will rise again, written on bumper stickers on pickup trucks. These folks are in more damage in danger or a, a, a cascading destructive wave by this virus because they insist on going to church when it's not safe, hanging out together, going to bars as a matter of like, I'll, you know, it's almost like saying to the, the virus that will kill them. You can't fire me. I quit. Um, and so watching this play out, 
watching these, you know, these these red states start feeling the pain of this. And trying to convince them during all this to take the lives of those around them seriously. As opposed to, you know, just acting from an individualistic version of freedom as if you can sovereign citizen your way out of getting sick from this thing. Is difficult because they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to listen to Joe Biden. They're not going to listen to Kamala Harris. They're not going to listen to um, the NGOs and groups that put out, you know, PSAs about this because they think they're all tied to Bill Gates or George Soros or a string of pizza eating pedophiles that control the, you know, the Fed or something. They're just not going to. And not because they're incapable of processing the words, but because um, to them, that stubbornness is indicative of character. And it's sad. And but for the intervention of Walter Reed, that very hubris, that arrogance, that narcissism would have killed Donald Trump this week. And he knows it. And he came out on the lawn and did these weird little like used car salesman ads for a drug he calls Regeneron, which comes from a country named Regeneron, country, a company named Regeneron. The drug itself, the treatment itself R-E-G-N dash Cove 2. I don't know that he can say or articulate and without stumbling. So he just wants to call it because it sounds brand wise better in the same way that he calls Tim Cook, Tim Apple. It's just easier for him. Um, the problem with it more than anything else is that what we're going to what we're going to see over the next three weeks is the increased panicky behavior of both this White House and their followers. And I am of the belief that after Donald Trump loses, he will be more unhinged than we have ever seen him. That it will get worse. It will get worse. When he loses, there will be a couple of very dangerous months ahead of us when he loses. And it will be worse than that if he wins. That said, vote.org. I will vote.com or flywillvote.com, if you will. You can actually go there, too. They bought that one as well. Have a plan. Make sure you vote. And again, I'm speaking to everyone across the entire Spectrum. When we come back, we'll take some calls, but I'm also going to explain to you in no uncertain terms why it matters for you to vote if your state doesn't align with your party. It always goes blue or it always goes red. I'll explain to you why your vote is even more crucial. We'll be back. Did you know that you can add 97 points to your credit score 
even though you might not know how to do it, well, I have the solution for you. It's ScoreMaster, and it's the new credit science that super boosts your credit score. Forget raising your credit score a few points. The average ScoreMaster user raises their credit score 61 points in just 20 days or less. I follow my credit score all the time. That is unheard of. Say your credit score was in the high 500s to mid 600s when you bought that new car. Well, if you'd gone to ScoreMaster first and raised your credit score just the average 61 points our listeners get, you could have saved nine grand on your car loan. And if you own a business, you know how essential great credit is from getting a loan to funding projects to financing equipment. Go to ScoreMaster first and see how super boosting your credit score can save you a fortune. ScoreMaster puts you in control of your finances, not the banks. Enroll in minutes and see how many plus points ScoreMaster can add to your credit score. Visit scoremaster.com slash offer. Scoremaster.com slash offer. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Now time for the happy ending. Yay! Welcome back. Okay, so we got a couple more calls, and we got EO's happy ending. So let's get through them and try to. We got a couple minutes left. I think we can get everybody. Who do we have first, Evan? First, we got our old pal Peter. Okie doke. Right on. Hey, Peter. Welcome to the show. How are you? Good. Hey, listen. Um, Joe Biden won't answer the question on packing the court. I don't believe that Joe Biden. I already dealt with that. I, I talked about that earlier. I understand that. And Did you not hear that part? He won't answer. We already addressed that. Okay, but I'm just calling in to give my opinion of why he won't address it is because he's scared of the left not voting for him if he does if he comes out and goes against it. So in that respect, if well, that's why that's why that's why that's the Trump. Yeah, but that's the Trump campaign strategy for why they want him to say it either way because that's their belief as well. well that's course. been their belief. Well, that's of course it is. But so what? Okay. So what? Biden's yeah. Biden's too scared to say what he really believes in is the point to that and other issues. He won't come out and say anything that offends to left. Where are Trump's he taxes? Says, oh, I'm not going to ban fracking. Where are Trump's I'm taxes? Why, why didn't Trump give his taxes? If Trump, if we want to talk about scared, why has Trump not given his taxes when he said he would? In a couple Again. of weeks, as soon as the audit finished, we Again. find out it wasn't an audit all, at all. all he was already all audited. They discovered he needed to give back the seventy-two million dollars he pay, He got as a refund. They've told him he has to give it back, hey, and he's Cal, been fighting the audit what? ever since. You That's know why you know the reason why he's not giving them. I can't. I can't give why? you any more information than what they say. You mean Russian money? Point, you mean he's in debt right? with uh, the Chinese you banks? Know, you see, that's the other thing. The Russian story. You guys are still going with that. It's been because it's still true. No, it wasn't. Just because you don't read past the headline on on Drudge circa 2014 doesn't mean that what you that the the information Russia and in more. Yes, he was. Mike Pompeo said the other day. Why would would you? Okay, here's a good one. Like Peter, we always Peter, we always do this. Peter, we always do this back and forth. And I know you think the sun shines out of his backside and he's your messiah. But let me ask you. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Would you have hired Paul Manafort? Would you, as a moral human being, have hired Paul Manafort? Well, how, how the hell do I answer that? I, I have no idea. I don't do know you know anything about Paul Manafort? Do you know anything about the, what the Mueller report said about Paul Manafort? Do you know what he did? Do you know, do you know anything about okay. Paul? And here's the thing you have, you have, you're going to run a campaign. Peter's running for president. Peter, wait, wait, listen, listen to me, Peter. Peter's running for president. 
And Peter's got to pick a campaign manager. And Peter only picks the guy who uh, wanted to change the platform of the Republican uh, Party to uh, benefit Russian at the effect uh, against Ukraine. Worked for Yanukovych, who is now living on, in Russia under the protection of Vladimir Putin. Um, usurped billions of dollars from the country um, while he was there. Trained snipers on protesters and shot a bunch of them by putting agent provocateurs in the crowd. This is all matter of public record. And it was Paul Manafort's idea. Paul Manafort also, his daughters do not speak to him. And in their text messages that were released, um, talk about how he found men on Craigslist to have sex with his wife after she had been injured in an accident while he watched for his own sexual pleasure. Now, you have a lot of choices, Peter, as a candidate. You do. There's a lot of people, a lot of Republicans who would hold their nose and work for Peter, the president, uh, presidential candidate. But you, you pick Paul Manafort. Why? Do I get to answer? Yep. Oh, good. Um, Again, I don't know Paul Manafort. Who knows? Well, then you don't know Donald Trump. Bye. Um. Thanks. That was fun. Uh, Who's our next one? We don't have that much time left. We got Eduardo from Chicago. Real quick. Excellent. Hey, Eduardo. Hey, I'll be there. Uh, No worries. Can you hear me now? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, can you hear me? Okay. Uh, I wanted to talk quickly about uh, the um, affordable housing bill. I haven't heard anything about... uh, about that going through. Uh, the reason I brought that up is because uh, it came in the news that uh, there were housing which one? homeless people in. I'm sorry? <laughs> which one? Because there's like a dozen fair housing bills that have uh, either been presented in committee through the House or, or you know. So which one are you referencing? Uh, are you talking about one in Illinois? Summer, like around July. Okay. Yeah, around July okay. in the summer. Yeah, but okay. I haven't heard anything. I Anyways, know, obviously the Senate—they're going to scuttle it. Yeah, I mean, nah, it depends I mean, uh, what happens with uh, November elections. But um, hopefully, right. that's going to pass, and they can provide some of these people with uh, permanent housing and some educational opportunities too, so they can sure. get a job. This is true. I mean, there is only one party that actually cares about that part of it at all. The, the, the Democrats have been pushing this for a long time. Um, they, you know, the Republicans want, have put HUD on the chopping block many, many times and intend to do so in the future. I mean, th- there's not even a marginal political di- division on how to handle this at this point. There used to be this, you know, maybe an article, uh, you know, an argument back and forth between Democrats and Republicans about how, you know, Republicans really feel it's the place of charity and NGOs to handle the homeless problem. It's not really a federal problem. And the Democrats think, no, there needs to be a nationwide uh, strategy to deal with it, because if a, if one particular state decides to come up with a solution for their homelessness situation and provide them with fair housing as an individual state, then what you have is a stampede towards that state that overwhelms that system and gives the illusion that it doesn't work. So let's say California or, or, or Washington state or something decides to do something about their homelessness problem. Then you have people You'll have Arizona and, and Nevada and Utah giving homeless people bus tickets um, or literally putting them in vans and driving them to Los Angeles and dropping them off in the street 
because California will take care of them. So you need a nationwide strategy to deal with homelessness. And, the, you know, I've talked about this before. I think the main way we need a building uh, renaissance in this country, um, the price of housing has, is one of the things has, that is out, outpaced everything else. Like you literally, a computer used to, you know, be impossible to own in the 60s went to $3,000 for a, a, you know, 512K of nothing in the 80s. And now for $300, you can get a computer that's equivalent to, or even a phone that's equivalent to uh, the computers that NASA used to land people on the moon. Houses, however, have just continued to raise in price and the, and the amount of volume and availability has gone down. So we need a building renaissance in this country. You can we can promise fair housing all we want or, or try to set standards for it. But if there aren't the actual domiciles to do it, it won't happen. That's the problem. I, I you know, I appreciate that people are going to do that. But unless there is investment in or the insistence on um housing being built. And I don't just mean like low income housing structures or, you know, blocks of projects. I mean, that city councils across the country need to uh, stop bottlenecking development across the board, especially in major population centers in a way to just drive up prices for realtor friends of theirs and developer friends of theirs. Sorry. Uh, you know, that's the problem because you can write all these bills you want, but if there's no roof and walls, uh, it, it's, it's not going to turn into anything. Um, appreciate the call. Let's do this EO last minute. We got three minutes left. Um, anyway, there you are. So, um, yeah, yeah, there I am. <laughs> but anyway, um, so to make a long story short, I, uh, right around the time when this pandemic was about to hit, I got rear-ended in a car accident and I lost mm -hmm. my car a few months later. Well, uh, around this week, I got the good news. I'm going to be, I'm going to be going back to work this uh, at the end of the All week. right. Right on. Um, yeah, did, uh, going back to work where? Is you're getting your car I'm replaced or what's happening? I'm going to be working from home. Okay. As a customer That's great. service representative. But anyway, which kind of dovetails, my training's going to be in about two weeks. So it's, it's a bit of a hard decision I wanted to make or I had to make, but I'm going to have to take mm -hmm. two weeks off the show for to try and mentally prepare myself study. and give myself a bit of a break I, from politics. I respect that, and we will welcome you back with open arms uh, at, the, you know, at the end of that time with, a, with it, it, as EO plus the capability to be a great customer service representative. I think it's a fantastic thing. And I, and, and I, I will say that as people transition, as you know I've been doing, because I usually tour live or do production, as I've shifted into kind of you know streaming daily and doing those kind of things, we're all making adjustments. Some of us on the fly, and some people can take that break and and you know do the study necessary. And to all of them, and to everybody who's worried about their future as far as um, what it holds, whether they're the type of business they have is going to be back ever, or or eventually. Um, by the way, the president is walking out onto his balcony. We will be watching that live on my Twitch channel, and I'll let everybody else go yeah. uh, for this. But I will, yeah. But I will say to everybody, um, this is a time to woodshed. Don't think about what you're missing in life. Think about what you can use this time best for. If you have no other choice, that's one thing. But if you have a choice, 
Um, use this to better yourself. Read those books, study those languages, practice that instrument, uh, grow as a person. There, people used to live on the frontier in little cabins and teepees and whatnot like this. We got through without Netflix. You can do it, too. Thanks, EO. Thanks, everybody who called in today. Um, and uh, appreciate you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Everybody else, stay tuned for the post show on, on my Twitch channel or stick around the radio for Dick K. Chris, you know what I hate? What? I haven't been able to go on vacation. I haven't left the house, so I've been on my social media, and I'm seeing all these pictures from, like, the past come up, and I realized, oh, my God, I look tired. Like, there's wrinkles under my eyes. I've got bags under my eyes. Uh-huh, and those crow's want- feet. I know. I'll, I like my laugh lines, so I'll leave those, but the bags under my eyes, Ugh. no magusta. No. Nuh-uh. No. And as the pandemic, hopefully, we get this fixed and we can leave the house again, I'd look like to look a little better from a public. From a public, that's why I got Plexiderm. Now, Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags, all in the comfort of your home, which is great because we still can't leave it. That's right. Plexiderm goes on clear and lasts for hours, so nobody's going to know you're wearing it. it. I really do love this. It works in minutes. You can look just 10 years younger in minutes. The results will blow you away. So get Plexiderm and love how you look and feel this summer and in this fall in this winter and you know what even when you have that mask on it's your eyes that are smizing we're smizing at people (laughs) and you want to have you want to make sure your eyes look young 10 years younger while we smize at people (laughs) so go to try go to triplexiderm.com and use my code voices for half off of a full-size bottle of plexiderm plus you're going to get additional ten dollars off or you can try 1495 trial pack which i actually love today by calling 1-800-685-1292 and just mention code voices Again, visit triplexiderm.com and use code VOICES for a half off a full-size bottle plus an additional $10 off. Or you can try the $14.95 trial pack, whatever you would like. Just go in now and use code VOICES and get some Plexiderm. Go do it.